If you need an uplifting story about chronic illness reversal, today's show is for you. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 286. My guest is Josette Kachik, and she is one heck of an inspiring, uplifting person to have had this conversation with as someone who has grappled with chronic illness myself through SIRS. Many of you know my story. If you don't, Just Google, so you think you've got mold, low-tox life in your search bar and our aggregated mold resources post will be there, but so will the link to uh, my story. Now, Josette's story is about rheumatoid arthritis. uh, And in fact, I would actually um, widen that lens to say it's not about rheumatoid arthritis. It's just that rheumatoid arthritis happened within her story. And we talk about some of the key moments in childhood, in early study as a professional dancer, in uh, work life as a lawyer, uh, moving through to becoming a parent, and how some things can impact our defenses, our ability to feel and stay well, uh, that really do pave the way for chronic illness. And we explore how that looked for her. I share some insights around that for me as well. But Josette is just so fantastic at not, uh, not saying that this is prescriptive, this is how you reverse rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, it looks different for everyone. And what we talked about was the Uh, crucial inclusion of a deep dive into self-awareness, spirituality, uh, and really looking at your energetic field to see your, you know, to health check at that level, not just at the level where we change the supplements and we uh, do or don't take certain medications and we look at our diet and we have a play with that, Uh, we really need that bigger picture, especially when it comes to chronic illness uh, that has developed as a straw that breaks the camel's back. We even talk a bit about Gabor Mate's work, Bruce Lipton, uh, and a few other inspiring people along the way. So it's a beautiful show. Uh, I was really fascinated to hear about some of the awful things that were said to her uh, when she was studying at Juilliard School, uh, one of the prominent ballet schools of the world. Uh, and it actually caused me to reflect on something I was told as a young nine-year-old girl attending ballet classes. Um, and I'd be very interested to see, once you guys have a listen, whether you had similar experiences around body shaming and issues when it came to studying ballet. So enjoy today's show. I'm going to hook into that in just a little minute. We have two wonderful sponsors, of course, our major sponsor of the show. All year this year, you have 10% off the Oz Climate Dehumidifier and Winix Air Purifier ranges uh, with the code LOWTOXLIFE. Oz Climate, that's A-U-S, climate.com.au. Uh, And right now, if you're listening live, you are literally two weeks away from their website being restocked with dehumidifiers. They um, (laughs) have literally been cleaned out with my relentless campaigning for what I believe to be one of the most important um, appliances you could possibly have in your home if you ever have a situation where your indoor air humidity regularly goes above 60%. So do check that out. Uh, They may run out of stock again, but if you wanted to take a look at their air filters, then air filtration can be very useful in our modern world, perfect for dust, smoke, uh, pets, viruses, bacteria, household odors, 
uh, especially if you've been renovating, for example, it's a great one to whip out if you've freshly painted a couple of bedrooms, uh, especially allergies as well. So people who might have dust mite allergies, mold allergies, uh, perhaps you can't leave the home that you are living in currently and you have mold issues uh, in terms of your your health being impacted. An air filter can be a fantastic safeguard when you can't leave the environment, but you know the environment might be affecting your health. So breathe easier, sleep better, feel better. Uh, it's obviously uh, a no-brainer if you live in a city, but also if you live in an agricultural area where there may be spraying and chemicals used uh, either on your property or on neighbouring properties where it can be transported into your home air through the wind, uh, then I genuinely believe an air filter is a fantastic little insurance piece for our health as well. Uh, of course, when you make the air more sterile and clean indoors, for me, that means we need to spend more time in wild environments to counterbalance that as well. So that's always something to think about with um, with air filtration. But uh, given the situation of our modern homes, then it really is something fantastic to consider. And I really like their little compact four-stage filter. Uh, it's not expensive and it looks really good, which a lot of air filters in the past look really kind of bulky and uh, and and square and um, very utility like the little Winix air purifier. The compact one is gorgeous, so you can just sit nicely in the corner of a bedroom uh, and uh, and and looks good while doing its job. So ten percent off Lotox Life is your code OzClimate.com.au. Now, those of you who made the most of this. I think it was about a year ago, Complete Home Filtrations is our other sponsor this month. It's Australia's number one whole home water filter, reducing chemicals, uh, harmful chemicals from our water in our homes. Uh, And our whole house filtration is fantastic because they're then filtering the water that's used in the shower, in the bath. You're not having that chlorinated uh, water that you're breathing in as it's coming out of the hot tap in the shower or the bath. Uh, and it means you don't have to mess around with trying to uh, filter it once it's in the bath, um, which can be really, really tricky and is far from an exact science. So if you own your home and you're considering complete home filtration, I would absolutely consider giving them a buzz. They are offering you 20% off the recommended retail price with the code LOTOXLIFE. Uh, when you look at the product range uh, and, and buy something from their range, whether that's a home filtration system. But they've also uh, started to include larger filtration systems for bigger homes, so multi-level homes, uh, multi-bathrooms, uh, et cetera, and also rainwater systems. So if you are wondering whether your situation works for that product, then give Complete Home Filtration buzz. They're fantastic people. Uh, Just a word, they do ask that all the decision makers be at the appointment when they come out. It just means you decide together if it's more than one of you making that decision and you can move forward faster. Uh, So that's a little um, piece of feedback from last year that uh, that just helps you move forward on these sorts of projects when you're considering big uh, changes and big purchases in your home. Uh, it's been a fantastic change for a lot of low toxes, heaps of uh, positive feedback in terms of the product itself and how uh, great the water tastes and how much less uh, redness in the skin and how many less allergies people are experiencing having long baths or showers. So that's been awesome to hear from you guys. Enjoy those big low-tox swaps. They might be big-ticket items. You might have been having something like this on your list for a while, and if it's time, then 20% off the recommended retail is a great, uh, great help. So now let's talk about Josette Kachik's story and how inspiring she is. Enjoy this conversation. Hello, Josette. How are you? Hi, Alex. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited for this conversation. As one fellow chronic disease healer to another, I think these stories need to be told. And uh, I I certainly think our audience is going to absolutely love learning about you. So where do we start? I want to start by asking what was childhood like? Food, medicine, were you super conventional, like convenience, family, extraordinaire, junk food? 
uh, or did you have hippie parents? Like how, how was your childhood? No, my childhood uh, growing up in the United States was basically normal. Both my parents are not American. My father is a chef from mm -hmm. the Netherlands and my mom is from the island of Haiti. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so we, we grew up um, with beautiful food, nothing organic, none of that, you know, for them, it was just a bunch of um, baloney when people talked about natural and so mm -hmm. it was more conventional. I went to the doctor, you know, every year for my checkup, um, had all my, you know, my, my shots. I had everything. So growing up as a child, there was no talk of any um, natural or anything. We lived a conventional, normal yeah, me too. life. Pretty normal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but normal doesn't mean optimal, right? As we now know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. My son is, is, is learn is living a completely different childhood than what I had for mm. sure. Mm. For sure. And, and I think, you know, it, there are things that the threads are probably of love and all those good things that in terms of what we eat, what we put on our skin, what we surround ourselves with in our home for, for those of us who've had the, um, the luck really of, you know, having these moments where you have to look outside the box, they become the greatest gifts because you're like, oh my gosh, we've been doing a few things really wrong here. Uh, you know, it does mean that you end up doing something really differently. And I don't know about you, but my parents have totally taken the ball and run with it in terms of like, you know, they've got their compost going, dad grows vegetables, organic, uh, got rid of the Roundup, all that kind of stuff. It's It's been amazing to to actually teach across generations as well. Oh, you are so lucky. My, both my parents have not changed a bit. My oh, mom is okay. 80, uh -huh. 84 now. And I have been trying, I've been sending her um, a delivery service of organic food like mm -hmm. once a month just to tell her, look, it tastes better <laughs> and it's better for you. And and she's just like, I made it to 84 the way I'm going. I don't need any, any changes. So, oh, she sounds a bit like my know. mom, who's like, once I hit 85, I'm taking up smoking again for the home stretch. Well, you know, and they, that that actually just goes to show that every body is different. And then mm. I think your your mindset certainly does have a lot to do with right? that. For sure. yes, um, and that is, is definitely part of 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 my healing story that we can get into, but mindset is, you know, is more than 50% of the puzzle. It's huge. And I know from having taught thousands of people in our courses, especially around food uh, and perfection. Like, I think if you grew up in the Oprah generation where you had to do the new fad diet and everything had to be done perfect to the protocol, and then you fell off the wagon, then you were shamed and all, you know, all that kind of stuff just starts to imprint that if I don't get it right, I'm bad. And it's awful. And I think, you know, you don't want to go to your friend's barbecue and be thinking, oh my God, I don't think that carrot salad's organic. Or, you know, I don't think that chicken is free range. This isn't good. You know, you want to be thinking, oh my gosh, how amazing they made this beautiful meal for us. And, you know, there's different things to focus on at different times that sure. are perfect in those situations. So I exactly. totally hear you on the mindset absolutely very mm -hmm. important um so you trained to be a dancer at Juilliard no less uh yes, so that must yeah. have been a huge calling for you because not just anybody gets into that school no it was I I was dancing as soon as I could walk um my mom had me at three in ballet classes they they were like she she already knows what she's doing at the bar um, I, yeah, I grew up dancing and when people would ask me what I was going to be when I grew up, I, I kind of was, you know, had my hand on my hip and said, <laughs> obviously I'll be dancing, you know, mm. um, and making people happy. That was my response. I'll be dancing and making people happy. And, uh, I, lo and behold, I didn't realize how right I was at three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that was actually a very difficult life. Um, I left, Joffrey Ballet. I was at Juilliard, studied at Juilliard, and then I was at company at the Joffrey in, uh, Joffrey Ballet in New York. And um, I ended up with an eating disorder. Mm. Uh, started 
started smoking by the time I was 15, just because my body is not the typical ballerina body. And back then in the mid eighties, it wasn't accepted at all. I mean, I was, they, they used to put masking tape around my (gasps) chest so that I didn't bounce as to cause a distraction on the stage. Wow. It's so toxic. I still remember my first negative body image experience was in ballet class where my butt was always sticking out too much. And it was, and then one day she just said, it's obviously just too big. And I was nine. And I, I switched to jazz ballet and, and hip hop and break dancing and all the, all the free kind of expressive dances after that, because I still love to dance as well. And it was a huge part of the joy of my childhood, but I will never forget that. And those things imprint on a young person and, oh, I, I can't believe yeah. that you were told that you were a distraction when you were literally one of the best in the world at what you did. Right. That's crazy. Well, and that it, it was, it, I didn't feel, I knew I could dance and I loved to dance. I mean, it was my absolute passion, but it was clearly becoming too toxic. My parents were worried because I, I would, I had um, anorexia and then bulimia. I was starving myself. And then when I didn't starve myself, I was, I was going to the bathroom and throwing up. I was desperately trying, it was like trying to hit a round pole into a, you know, a round peg into a square hole. It was, it was, I was never going to fit that body image that they Mm. required. Um, Mm. Ultimately they had required, not required, requested that I have a breast reduction surgery at 16 (gasps) and I had just gotten them, you know, like I just grew into them. And I, I was the envy of all the girls in school because I had breasts and they were like, yeah, we got to get, we got to take them away because it's, it's just not, you know, it was one or the other. You either chose your career, um, and fit into the image that they wanted, or you don't, you don't have the success that I would, I would have been limited. So all of those limiting beliefs were put on me as a young person. Um, ultimately my parents asked me to leave the profession and, um, find a plan B because they were, they were genuinely concerned for my, Gosh, I would have been for my well. emotional health. Yeah. yeah. So what, what happened then? What did you choose? Was there a plan B? Well, I uh, graduated high school in New York and I moved to Santa Barbara, California, where my brother was going to UCSB. And I did a little bit of soul searching. I taught ballet when I got here because it was mm-hmm. the only thing I knew while I was in college. And then I decided to choose a career of law. I went uh, along oh, wow. the free law path. That is a very yeah. different plan, baby. I didn't like it, but I was good at research um, and I was good at the debate team. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I suppose if I have to get a job, I'll just get one that's prestigious. And so I chose that path um, for a little while. It, it was short-lived. Um, it was so toxic as well. Mm. Um, so by the time I met my husband, who is an Argentine polo player. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I met him and I remember looking at him and he was leaping out of bed every morning and he couldn't wait to get to his job. And he was making buckets of money doing what he absolutely loved to do. And I just looked at him and I said, wow, um, something's not right. Not that I'm comparing, but I realize that there's a different way to live, mm-hmm. uh, that maybe, and he explained that when he grew up, his parents just told him, find what you love, make sure it's healthy and good for you and then follow it. Don't worry mm-hmm. about money. Don't worry about what people think, just do what you love. And so he ended up becoming quite successful. Oh, I love that. I think it's so important. I remember I was, yeah, gosh, you think about different moments in your childhood and every careers counsellor. I was mad into tennis. And when I say mad, I was like, we live in Australia. I was waking up at three in the morning to watch my favourite players, like setting my alarm. And it was uh, was a real passion. And any time I could get on the court, I would. 
But anytime I wanted to say, I just want to play tennis as a teenager, um, and I was never going to be a pro. I wasn't that good. You know, I, I was okay, but it was not the kind of, wow, they're really, there's something there. You know, you can, you can tell you, you can, you can, um, when you can see that. And that's fine. But being told constantly, tennis is not a career, find a career. And here's, you know, what you should do. I think now of my son, who very grateful did not push him into it at all and regularly check in to make sure he still loves it, is absolutely mad for tennis. And that kid wants to get on a court whenever he possibly can. And I feel like my greatest gift to him, where every time he says, I just want to play tennis, I want to be a pro, is to just say, awesome, sweetie. Like, you know, what support do you need? Do you want me to go for a workout with you? Do you want want to go down club, hit against the wall? Because he may realise in his own time that he might not be on the pro circuit one day, but because he has kept his passion pure, he might end up running a tennis club. He might end up as a sports physio on the ATP tour for athletes. Like, you just never know. And I think one of the most beautiful things we can do as parents who now know just how many options there are for kids in this generation is we just let them love what they love, right? Instead of talking them off the ledge so early. Well, and Alex, what you're saying is brilliant because I think for me in my life, the limiting beliefs of what other people put on me from a very young age, you know, from being told that as you were in ballet, you know, I, I kept pursuing ballet because it was what I loved and my parents saw how much I loved it, but there were other people's opinions are none of our business. Um, mm. And I think that, you know, by the time we hit 18, we are so filled of what other people have limited us to. Yeah. And I think for me and I too, with my son, I just say, just do what makes you happy. Mm. You know, as long as you're not playing video games all day or now he's at, he doesn't play video games, but he came and he says, I'd like to develop some video games. I said, well, there, I love that <laughs> idea. You know, no, that's, good. that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as long as honestly, as long as he realizes that he's unlimited and that no one can place a limit on him, um, the sky's the limit. And that's the way we should live. Mm, Truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So you then had to find plan C, <laughs> um, but I'm interested to know uh, where disease came in for you, because that is an interesting thing when and how it shows up, um, especially yeah. as someone so physical and healthy and strong. That must have been huge to be told, well, you've got this. Right. Well, actually, the disease showed up when I was looking for plan C. I was pregnant. I had Tomas, um, my son, Tomas. Uh, he was a year and a half uh, when I got rheumatoid arthritis. Um, not like I caught it, but it just showed up in the middle of the night. I was looking for plan C and I was really not a happy person. I wasn't particularly healthy in my diet. Um, I was quite active um, because I was running after whatever my husband was doing. He was playing different um, polo matches around the world. So we were traveling quite a bit and um, yeah, I, I was psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, dry Mm. and not eating very well. And I woke up in the middle of the night with horrific pain, horrific, absolutely the worst pain I've ever experienced. I would go through childbirth over and over again to not go through that kind of pain because RA feels like you're like, it feels like the, the, your bones are breaking and you don't understand what's happening. So yeah, that was where I was. I was a new mom. And so, yeah, it was very scary to not be able to function mm. at that point. Yeah. And what were you told? Well, originally we went to the ER uh, because my, my knees were the size of small grapefruits. Um, and I, my left elbow was completely frozen. I couldn't move and I couldn't turn my neck. So we went to the ER and doctors came in and looked at me and they said, you know, you must have bumped into furniture or something. What? And I thought, yeah, I was, I I said, I'm sorry. (laughs) This was my experience with Western medicine um, went 
really quickly downhill. Um, and I know that there are very well-meaning doctors, but this was not my experience. I went to, I actually went to the ER about three times. No one could explain. They would give me, um, shots of steroids to try Mm. and reduce the swelling, um, and the inflammation. And then finally one doctor said, you know, you should probably go to a neurologist. This Mm. was funny. They sent me to neurologist. So I went to a neurologist and they said, why are you here? It looks like you might have some autoimmune issues. So then they sent me to a rheumatologist. That rheumatologist took my blood and, and they, they called me and they said, you need to come in. Um, your levels are so high. We actually have not had a patient with, I don't even remember what it was, but the inflammatory markers were off the charts. And they said, look, your body is rapidly destroying itself. We need to get you on this, 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 and this, and this. And it was methotrexate and then a, um, a biologic and then prednisone. And there was just a huge list, Mm. um, of pharmaceuticals. And they said, this is it. You, you know, you, you really just have to try and stay out of a wheelchair as long as you can. Um, and you know, of course at the time I'm, I'm in excruciating pain. I couldn't even brush my teeth. My elbows weren't working. It was, it was, it was such a sudden shift for me that the physical pain was one thing because when you're in physical pain, it's what you focus on. You can't, it's not like you can focus on something else and pretend the pain isn't there. It's Mm. there and it's constantly at you. Um, But more emotionally and because of my son, my son was a year and a half and he, he was crying constantly. Like, how come you're not holding me? Mama, mama, hold me, mama, hold me. And I couldn't. I, I couldn't. And it was, that was worse than the physical pain for sure. hundred oh, percent. Wow. Yeah. Was that your darkest experience of the disease that interaction that, with your son? That was, um, and I get really emotional when I talk about it because he used to say, mama's my hero. Like that was like his first words. And, um, sorry. I remember looking at him and saying, you know what? I am going to show you that I'm the hero you think I am. And that was, it was dark. I was in a very dark space because when I thought ahead of always being on drugs or, or being in a wheelchair and having him, you know, at times having to take care of me, I just, none of it, none of it was stomached very well. And I, I promised him, I said, I'm going to find another way. I'm going to find another way. And it was my come to Jesus moment. It was my dark night of the soul. I mean, they have so many names for it, but it mm. was that moment. It where was I a said, spiritual fire. Yeah, basically. I, I need, yeah. It was, I'm on my knees and I need help because I mm. didn't want to take the drugs. I, I did a quick little Google search on all of these drugs and the side effects were Yeah, they're insane. (laughs) And and I think the thing is, like, I I don't know about you, but I make peace with Western medicine often because I feel like we have to find the bits that are good about everything to actually all start communicating with each other instead of all being against, right? Yes. Because that's not fruitful and it doesn't move anybody forward. Right. And for me, it's about, okay, here's the SOS plan. But what's the long-term plan? Like, and and you should be allowed to then research and build for that long-term plan holistically as well. Um, and then sometimes you get to get off the meds, which is amazing. Um, some people don't, and that's also okay. There's no shame in that. Um, it's about, you know, feeling healthy, right? Right. And I don't think, like you say, there's no conflict. You can't, mm. you can, like to say I'm going to try holistic doesn't, it doesn't jeopardize any of the other treatments. And I Mm. totally 100% agree with you. We have to bridge. Mm. We have to bridge. um, And even my doctor today will tell you the same thing. Yes, we have to find a bridge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And is this that same doctor that diagnosed you? No, this is the the doctor that diagnosed me. Um, Yeah, no, he didn't take my call after he he filled the he told me to fill the prescriptions. And when I when I said, I, I wasn't comfortable with that. I needed to do more research. I wanted to get some other opinions and he just wasn't having any of it. Um, I didn't go back to the doctors. I, I did radical self-care. 
I changed my diet. I changed my mindset. I went like a hundred percent vegan. I did an alkaline diet. I treated myself for leaky gut with, um, you know, different tools and things. And, and ultimately it took about a year of, um, that holistic treatment. Um, and I was symptom free in a year. It was the doctor who I started teaching Zumba during this time because the doctors told me that I wasn't going to be able to dance anymore. That once I'm, I, it attacks my knees more that I wasn't going to be able to move. So I, I took a job. There was a job, uh, for teaching Zumba, uh, here in Santa Barbara for the city of Santa Barbara. So I took the job thinking it was going to be my last hurrah. Like this was it that I was going to be forced to move, which was great. Um, and you know, maybe make a little money out of it, but what ended up happening is there was so much passion for dancing and so much of the energy of healing that was happening when I was dancing that I think it just, it just swung open doors and people flocked to the class. People just kept showing up and showing up and showing up. And they moved me from a small dance studio to a bigger dance studio to the, the gymnasium that they had. And now for the last 11 years, I've been in their, their large ballroom, which is capacity 550. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, but it was in that class that there was a, the head of internal medicine here at the local hospital was attending the class. And she, she originally had said, can I just see your blood work, your original blood work? And I gave her the blood work. There were two or three different times where we did blood work. And, and she said, I'm sorry, but this is impossible. What I'm watching, it's not possible. Um, can I take your blood? And I said, fine. I said, I feel great, but you can take it. And so she took the blood, did blood work on me, sent all the labs down to UCLA, sat me down on a phone call with some of the rheumatologists at UCLA and said, you know, we have to declare you a medical miracle because um, you don't have RA anymore. Like it's not even in your blood and we don't understand how that's possible. Mm. And it, isn't it interesting how um, autoimmunity by so many people is still not accepted that it can be there and then it cannot, mm. but that you can repair. And yet thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the world are proving that you can reverse autoimmunity every day. Right. Yeah. And that's what I kept saying. Like, I know I'm not the anomaly. I've seen it. Like it is, like mm. you say, it's, it's, you, you hear these stories, it is possible. And if it's possible, I think it's so important to just even open that possibility, those doors of possibility so that people don't have to be in pain. Cause that pain is horrific. As yeah. I said. Yeah. Oh, and so tell me what it feels like to run a Zumba class for 500 yeah. people. <laughs> it's crazy. I actually, it's like um, giving a concert, right? Like, it is. It's yeah, fun. I mean, I kind of get out of the way to be perfectly honest with you. I realized that the energy I was tapping into, um, not only when I was learning how to meditate and kind of align with my, with my heart and my soul and, and, and kind of reflect authenticity, but that measure um, is so expansive and it's the energy that connects us all. My mantra and my intention when I start a class is please just reach whoever you need to reach. And I don't even know who I'm talking to. You know, I'm not particularly religious, but there is such a beautiful energy that happens that when the music goes on and I'm, I'm, it's, it's like a switch for me, the music goes on and I dance and um, other people start dancing and, and some of the pictures you can see, there's people who have just have their eyes closed and their arms raised. It's like they're in a church, but the music's, you know, really fast Latin music. So, mm. Well, um, I mean, but th the act of moving our body uh, yes. goes way back beyond religion is. and religious definitions. Um, there it is. You know, I think religions can be a beautiful bl blueprint for living a good life of ethics if we follow them properly. Uh, but um, at the same time, there is so much more because what those religions all were really founded on was an energetic sense that there was something bigger than all of us. And that's something we all have in common, religious, not. You can, it's like uh, Oprah says, right? Uh, I remember reading in her book, one of the most profound things she was ever taught was that 
um, uh, religion can be spiritual, but not all spirituality can be religion. Uh, so the yeah, spirituality is actually over and above and it's what unites us all if we choose to tap into it. And I, I really enjoyed that because I felt like, you know, all these silos and, and definitions of things often m create fights. We've seen it for centuries. For sure. And, sure, uh, sure. and the peace is in the spirituality if we choose right. to really focus on that aspect of whatever faith looks like for us. And I think that's really special. So um, beautiful. Yeah. So you, you kind of took us through a few things that worked. And what I find fascinating, I've spoken to doctors, integrative specialists, all sorts of people about autoimmunity over the years is, um, you know, especially on diet, right? We Cleaning up the diet is also a choice. It's almost like there's lots of different avenues for that, but the overarching thing is whole fresh foods um, because some people do it by going paleo and some people do it by going vegan alkaline, and, but yet they all heal and why? And, and I think, um, again, it's about finding the overlaps, right? And and then whatever for it sure. feels and then, like and looks like for you. And that's so beautiful that you say that because it's such an, in, like we talked about before, every body is different. But if your food is your medicine and you look at it like that and your life can be your medicine, you know, I think that what I, what I found for me is that, yeah, it's whole, fresh for me, organic, you know, that doesn't have any pesticides that's as alive and fresh as possible, um, that I, I don't, I don't ingest anything or even surround myself with anything that isn't going to be medicine for my life and, and medicine for my soul. I think for now, for the food, for sure, fresh, organic, um, and there's so many beautiful choices out there, but as a whole, I, I now recognize that it's always within my power to choose what I surround myself with, what I allow in my life, what I allow in my body, what I allow in my mind, what I allow uh, any, in any way, you know, there's, there's so much toxic uh, and, and, you know, not um, positive stuff. There's negative stuff everywhere. And when it comes at me now, I can just say, no, thank you. I wish you all love, even if it's just girls gossiping, you know, I get mm. that all the time too. And I'm like, yeah. you know, this isn't, I, I just, I love you guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a step over this way. It's just not something I want to be around. Mm. You know, no judgment, just not my thing. Yeah. I, I absolutely love, I, I think we should pause on the idea that our life can be our medicine and our life kind of is medicine sometimes. Some of it you take and it's got really bad side effects. <laughs> and some of it you take and it actually helps and, and heals. And, uh, and to reflect on what we're bringing in and choosing in life. Um, it's so empowering to mm -hmm. realize that we're the ones choosing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not the victims of what we eat. I mean, we choose what we eat. Um, it's, it's it's our choice and it's so empowering to make those decisions, those conscious intentions of what am I going to do today to make my life even better medicine? Mm. And when you kind of get on that trajectory, again, it just, it dominoes into something beautiful for yeah. sure. And I mean, those of us who have the privilege of choosing our food every day, like that in itself is a gift and really just starting to realize, um, well, what am I going to do with that gift? Uh, am I going to still stuff my face with junk food, even though I have the choice to to be um, to be choosing differently? Yeah. So obviously there would have been, or I mean, I'm assuming here, which one should never do, of course. But were there any spiritual figures, uh, people that came into your um, awareness that really inspired you to shift your perception of what? healing might look like on a spiritual level mm -hmm. um for sure there was a book called oh my gosh um <laughs> so many there were so I, many put you on the spot yeah i know well there dr michael bernard beckwith is um 
big inspiration. And I did a one-on-one with him when I was sick Mm. and he had directed me to, um, some, some different books, actually one by Deepak Chopra, but it was just all, um, centered around law of attraction and that you ultimately, um, the kingdom of heaven is within. It's kind of like what all the, 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 you know, the Christian religions talk about that, that you do have some, you know, navigational controls that you can take control of. And it was using those theories of law of attraction as you think, so shall you be that really helped me get further on my path um, of healing and on Mm. also creating a business and, and being an entrepreneur. Um, well, and Bruce Lipton really then um, gave it a scientific language as well through yeah, yeah through biochemistry, yeah. epigenetics, quantum physics, um, which then helps us really understand just how non-woo-woo that is. Like I know when um, my son had COVID earlier this year, um, he has a tendency sometimes to be a bit of a worry wart on the tennis court and it's something we're working on, but I wanted to demonstrate to him just how focusing on your breathing and finding a place of calm and bring channeling something that makes you feel really happy and calm could create immediate positive effects in the body. And we had an oximeter um, because, you know, <laughs> the hottest COVID accessory. Um, right. <laughs> uh, and um, I shouldn't laugh. It's been an awful, um, awful disease for so many people, but it was just weird to have this thing that I would never have bought otherwise understood yes we had one and so um and so I put it on his finger and I said think of your little cousin Oscar and think of building a sandcastle with him on the beach and now just take a couple of deep breaths enjoying that image in your mind and his heart rate had been like quite high it was like up around 120 130 and um and uh the oxygen percentage was around 94 And just doing that for like 30 seconds, his heart rate was 85 and the oxygen was up to 98. And for him to be able to see that, he did that. No one else. He chose to improve his biochemistry uh, was a really powerful, teachable moment. And, um, And I think, you know, that it's so tangible. I think sometimes people just crave a little bit of tangibility to feel like you've got evidence that this could work, you know? Absolutely. And I think, Mm. you know, Bruce Lipton certainly does it. Joe Dispenza has done it over Mm. and over and over and over again. Um, And all of that is there and the evidence is there. And I think that they're really the pioneers that are bridging that gap that we talked about. Um, I know that the doctor that declared me a medical miracle, she still, you know, she still will say to me, I know that there's stuff that they're not teaching us. And I wish I wasn't precluded from saying anything. But when I attempt to try and say, this is what I did, she stops me and says, I'm really not because I won't be able to tell a patient. Yeah. Here, this is a great thing. I've had the same experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a shame. And I hope that all of the evidentiary support that Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza and all of these, and even you and I, that, you know, I, I didn't speak for a very long time because when I started to talk about healing, um, people were just like, that's so woo woo. And, and, you know, maybe you're a quack and all of this stuff. And I didn't, I, I thought, I don't need this. I, I'm already doing what I love. I'm dancing. I, I feel amazing. My son is happy. I, I'm really happy. So I didn't feel the need to get that, you know, all of this attack. And I was just trying to help, but now I realize that I have to, and, and I appreciate you holding a space for this is that we have to not, um, kind of discard our own experience. This did happen to me. I did heal a disease and I'm, I'm not only proud of it, but I want other people to recognize that they have the power to do it too. I don't have all the answers. I don't have, you know, but I can just show you that this is my experience. This is what happened with me. 
These are the tools that I did. This is what happened. And if I can do it, I truly believe that we can all somehow figure out together how this all works. And I do believe that it is, um, you know, within all of our capacities to, to learn how to, to just know our own power a little bit more for sure. Absolutely. And if you read things like uh, when the body says no, Gabriel Mate, for example, and you realize how many key moments like your breast reduction moment or my butt sticking out moment of these key moments that get imprinted in our physiology, uh, an abusive home situation, uh, a bully at school, like all of these layers just get chucked into our being. And often because of taboo and because of us feeling ashamed to talk about um, what's happened to us, rape in women, of course, that's a huge one. And you see then um, how you can actually start to build evidence around what happened to you and the profile of person you are and then the predictability of the disease you will then go on to have is astounding medical research. It's unbelievable. And, um, and, and for me, I, I find it interesting that some of our most brilliant doctors around the world are actually choosing to channel this because they can uh, through books and they write so that people can connect to that work that way um, if they can't do it in clinical practice necessarily uh, or, or with their medical boards. And I think the shift will come. I think too many people will know that there are other pieces of the puzzle and um, we will start to choose in a way that can, can no longer be ignored um, as an overall approach to getting people better. Um, so, wow. Okay. So I want to ask you, one last question, and that is, uh, have you connected with other people who have RA? Like, do people from everywhere kind of know your story and they come into your class and get that inspiration to do something, uh, you know, break their own mold in their own lives? I've been so privileged um, to, to yes, to, to encounter hundreds, literally hundreds of people. Um, I, I received a lot of popularity through Zumba because they, um, when they saw what was going on in Santa Barbara, they sent like a film crew and did a documentary and then were, you know, kind of put me on this pedestal that I wasn't, you know, I was again, just dancing. Cause I can't like, Oh my gosh, I can dance and I don't have any pain. And so my, my, my focus and intention was never to be you know, this huge uh, celebrity Zumba instructor. So, but what ended up happening is they put so, and they have so many resources in terms of marketing and, you know, getting the word out that I had so many people and I still do flock to the class that just say, okay, can you help? Um, I try not to be anyone's doctor. My, one of my thing is one of the things that I tell people most of all is to first step is to, to, to become your own hero, um, which is what we all end up doing. And that the power that, that I can't, I can't heal them. I'm not a guru, but I can tell you what I did. And then in turn, you turn that into your own hero's journey and make it something beautiful in your own life. So, yeah. And, and so many people have come that have healed and it's just been an extraordinary experience and it motivates me to keep on speaking up and to talk to people and, and go, you know, we're all in this together. I know what it's like to have disease. There's no judgment. There's no nothing. I just hold a space that you can heal. If I'm beaming out a light because I've done it, I'm on the other side and I'm saying, come on, you've got this too. And, and I'm kind of the big cheerleader for everyone. So because it's, you know, healing, as you know, is not, uh, it's not an easy journey. It's, no, um, it's not healing, healing trauma is not easy. <laughs> and different things resonate on deep levels with different people. So to, to have this idea that there would be a protocol that you could just package together neatly, roll it out and everyone was going to get better is just so false. <laughs> There is no one size people. Yeah, there's no, there's no one size fits all in healing Mm. and there never will be. And that's why it's kind of, it's funny. I just am creating a course for daily Ohm who I've done a a course for, which is an amazing website 
that hosts um, healing courses. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to create a course. It's actually the first course I'm doing for them that doesn't involve dancing. Um, oh, cool. To talk to people about becoming your own hero and why one size doesn't fit all. And you know, even with something like meditation, where for me, I choose a moving meditation more than anything, because that, that aligns me so right away. And, and people don't understand that meditation isn't something that really requires so much effort as it requires to stop the voice and listen. You know, it's, if, if a prayer is to beseech meditation is more of a, okay, let's receive, let's listen, let's connect. Um, and I think people, you know, people do it in so many different ways, so many different ways. And you can't say this is how you do it. It's Absolutely. not There's a million different ways. I, I, I know you used to smoke as well. I, I did um, quite heavily in my hospitality years as well. I think I got to a pack a day for a year there, which is awful. But anyway, it is what it is. And I remember trying to quit a couple of times. And they were perfectly reasonable ways to quit. You see the hypnotherapist, you do the things. Um, but it really wasn't until I wanted to quit. And then, of course, the first thing I tried worked, which was just reading the quit smoking book, Alan Carr. But I truly believe that it was much more about my actually wanting to quit smoking at that point than what, you know, like it, it is so much about connecting to a deep desire for change and then the right the thing that comes along will be the right thing often whatever it is that's a beautiful tool that you just um shared also is it's it is within you and it has to come from within you because one of the things that i talk about also is it wasn't until i made the decision that i was gonna take full responsibility for where i was um and that you know, my desire came from wanting to be there for my son, but yeah, it has to come from inside. No, nothing outside of you can make the change. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Oh, Josette, thank you so much for this uh, conversation. I think so many people out there might be having that dark day that I've had, that you've had where for, for some reason, you just have this belief just stream into you that makes you keep going and, and, um, and expanding into a, a better day, um, a different day. And, uh, and I think sharing stories like yours is going to motivate so many more people to, um, to receive that, right? I love the word receive rather than search. I think searching is like pushing. It's like it's a, it's a um, this can't be happening rather than I'm ready for something to happen. Yeah, exactly. The law of mm. least effort. And there's a, there's an element of surrender as well in there mm. and it is beautiful. And I'm, I'm so grateful, Alex, for, for you having me and taking the time to speak to me and to share my story and to let people know that the healing is possible. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at Lotox Life or one word or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's Stuart S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life. Uh, and of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.